Song of Solomon 2.14. This is the lover speaking to us, the beloved. My dove in the clefts of the rock, in the hiding places on the mountainside, show me your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Catch for us the little foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, our vineyards that are in bloom. In the Passion Translation, Song of Songs 2.15 says, You must catch the troubling foxes, those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship, for they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? We will do it together. Hi, welcome to Standing in Faith. I'm Kat. I'm in the studio with Jeff. Here I am. And David. Hi. Hello. That verse that you just read, Kat, immediately makes me think of capturing all the thoughts that are racing through my head in any given moment in time and and holding the ones that aren't good captive and, and really just saying no. So, Jeff, there's a footnote in the Passion Translation that kind of describes what you're talking about. It says, these foxes are the compromises that are hidden deep in our hearts. These are areas of our lives where we have not yet allowed the victory of Jesus to shine into. The foxes keep the fruit of his spirit from growing within us. I think that that's... Let's all be clear. We, we all have these little foxes. We all have these thoughts. But I think that you, that just nailed it, right? Is that ultimately the love of our Savior Jesus wants them out, doesn't want them in there, doesn't want them tormenting, doesn't want them doing destruction, doesn't want them stealing the fruit. Because isn't that what foxes do? They, they eat the vines and eat the fruit? Well, they eat the vines. Of course, if they eat the vines, then there's no fruit. But they yeah. nibble away at it. Yeah, so. Uh, which is the source. So they nibble away at the source of, of, of our lives. You know, one of the big temptations, a lot of times we think that the devil is tempting us to sin. Um, and typically that's something we're led about by our own stuff, you know. We typically are walk into that. But one of the things that he does tempt us with is to change our view of God. And he's been doing that from the garden mm -hmm. to cause us to view God in a negative context or to suspect God or to not trust God. And so anytime he can do that, and, and typically that's done with little foxes that come in and they, you know, is God really like this? Maybe God's punishing you. Maybe, you know, which, which we've talked about before is ridiculous because God doesn't punish us. You know, he puts pressure, he chastises us, and chastisement means he convicts us basically, and he teaches us and works with us in every way to bring us into a, a beautiful place with him. But he wants the fruit of the Spirit to flourish out of us and you know, it's very difficult when when you're caught up in, in hate or, you know, if you're hating. you got a lot of hate in your heart for something. Even though you're a believer, 
it it kind of is chewing away at that vine that has that that beautiful sap of the Holy Spirit pouring into you to set forth God's love out of us. Now, that happens in us individually, but then we can talk about what that does in a whole body too. What that does in a in, in, in a sense, if that's doing that in you, think about how um, the enemy works within a, a body of believers or whatever, is he brings in that same sense of um, causing people to see God in a different light. And it's done through all kinds of ways. The little foxes can be gossip. The little foxes can be a spirit of unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. The little foxes can be bitterness. Whatever that's allowed to, to f- begin to flourish, and what does it do? It begins to destroy the vineyard. If you were keeping watch over a vineyard, like in a watchtower, and you saw some big enemy army come through to like slash and burn it and destroy it, you would sound the alarms. But the little foxes, you can't necessarily mm-hmm. see. You have to really hunt for those and find them and search them out. Yeah, in the military, I think we had this same illustration before. In the military, there's what's known as a fifth column, and it's the it's. In other words, there are four columns in a in in a platoon or that you know marching along, but this one's the fifth. It's the one that you don't see, that that sneaks in your midst and then creates all kinds of havoc. It's like it encroaches into your um, body or into your place. It can encroach into your family. It can it can go any of those kind of places. But it's his fifth column that basically goes in and does uh, guerrilla warfare, so to speak. So it's not that blatant attack you're mm-hmm. talking about, you know, of the tanks and all coming to destroy the vineyard. It's it's this hidden uh, thing that destroys the the very vine that destroys the sap so that the fruit doesn't grow. So you look at that first from a personal perspective. What is preventing you from from fruit developing in your life why is all of this anger and frustration and unforgiveness and bitterness and all you know the the question is god would you reveal to me where is this coming from what's the source because i don't want to live there now if you're beyond that you're probably in a, a troubling place you're not in a place that god doesn't love you but you're in a very troubling place because fruit just cannot grow through all of that where there's no sap coming, where there's no vines. It's like they're, they're being damaged. What do you mean beyond that? Beyond what? Beyond, in other words, if if you are in that state where you, you're just not even looking at yourself, uh, you're not mm-hmm. looking at your own bitterness and hatreds and unforgiveness, or you've legitimized them. Mm-hmm. That's what we do a lot of times. We make excuses for, well, I have a right to be bitter against this person or this people or whatever. I have that right. Well, you've just, you've just in a sense, when you do that, you've just really severed the vine that's producing what should be fruit in your life. 
It doesn't mean you're lost. It doesn't mean that, that God doesn't love us anymore and all that kind of stuff. But what it does mean is you're not growing and there's no fruit that's going to be born out of your life. What you're going to do is begin ultimately to infect people around you and situations in, in, in kind of a negative way. So I, I'm just, I know I've been quiet because I've just been sitting here absorbing all of this. It seems like these foxes are subversive. Mm-hmm. And really what ends up happening is they break unification. So in other words, things start to become disunified, which is the exact opposite of what Jesus wants within his body. He mm-hmm. wants us, as a matter of fact, in John 17, verse 20 through 26, he prays for our me and you, Kat, and David and all the listeners. He prays for today's believers, and his prayer is unity, 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 mm-hmm. over and over and over, unity. Unity is essential to bearing fruit. Mm-hmm. It's essential that we, remi- we remain abiding in the vine. And I know we've talked about a lot of this stuff, but this seems to be a pull-it-all-together episode to me, right? So yeah. here we are, right, in there's all these little subversive things. Well, you know what? There's a lot of little subversive things right now, mm-hmm. right? We all have to live with them, right? And there's there's a, been a polarization and this is just my opinion, but there's been a, a, a real polarization that's been taking place over the last 18 months, right? Um, where there, there's not a lot of there's there's not a lot of middle anymore. There's there's one side or the other side, um, which I find to be interesting. But there's, if you ask me, there's a pervasive sense of disunification taking place now. I think really what the what the the body of Christ needs to be doing is unifying in a time when this the exact opposite of what's been taking place around us needs to be happening within the body. Yes. That to me is a wise virgin with her lamp full of oil, her wick trimmed, right, and working towards unity. Mm-hmm. Where do we find unity? Unity to me comes in the person of Jesus. Right, mm-hmm. which ultimately takes me to a scripture that I'm going to read you out of the Passion Translation. This is John sixteen thirty three, um, and it's the end of the chapter. So here it goes. And everything I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For this is the unbelieving world you will experience, for in this unbelieving world you will experience trouble and sorrows, but you must be courageous, for I have conquered the world. So, right, I'm going to tie this in with the unity that we just spoke about, right? So we want to be in a place of operating from a place of peace, and rest, mm-hmm. and I feel like we need to do that by being in Him, 
and him in us. There's the unity, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, he he goes on to say in this translation, in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows. In the New King James Version, it uses the word tribulations. Um, I found that word, at least for me, I immediately hear the word tribulation, and I think of the Great Tribulation from the book of Revelation and how just catastrophic and Mm -hmm. horrible everything's going to be. But that was not what the word in, in John means. That word in John 1633 for tribulation means pressing or pressure Mm -hmm. or the travail of labor like a woman giving birth so Mm -hmm. i guess the tie-in here is the the need to be in unity and the need to remain in him so that we can be in peace ultimately why because there's going to be troubles and pressures and sorrows that are going to that that are just going to come out of this the world the fallen world that we live in you know one of the things going back that 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 the passion translation when it when cat you read it it said these foxes come in to break or to destroy the relationship which goes right back into the idea of unity, which goes back into the idea of a fifth column going in and sneaking into the, to bring disunity, disharmony, yep. all of that kind of thing. Yep. And, and yet at the same time, when we, when we think about what you're saying, Jeff, with, with the idea of tribulation, that often when these kinds of things begin to happen, God creates pressure. I believe that God creates the kind of pressure that's the same thing that you have to make a diamond. A diamond is created under great pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, gold is created out of heat. I mean, it's, it's, clean, it's cleansed out of a lot of heat. And so God allows that kind of pressure and stuff to get rid of the dross I think also to help us recognize when they're little foxes or whatever. There's a great passage in Hebrews, chapter 5, 14. But solid food is for the mature, whose spiritual senses perceive heavenly matters, and they have been adequately trained by what they've experienced to emerge with understanding of the difference between what is truly excellent and what is evil and harmful. And I think that, that God uses pressure, God uses these kinds of things, not because it's punishment or any of that kind of stuff, but because it's maturing us. It's causing us to grow, hopefully, um, unless we've legitimized what the foxes have have lied to us about. I I do want to jump in here with this idea, right? So, yeah, I think it's important for us to be able to identify these these elements that are starting to create pressure for us, right? But I loved what what was came out of the the passion translation of that verse. 
It said, Jesus said, I want to deal with, I want to work with you and deal with these things. In other words, you're not set off by yourself to have mm-hmm. to, to, to deal with them, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus himself is going to work with you to deal with them. Um, I found that to be super encouraging. And I also found it encouraging to, when Jesus was talking about finding, right, in this world, right, we're going to have and we're going to face sufferings, right? But he says, um, I taught you this so that the peace which is in me will be in you and give you great confidence as you rest. So I think there's some huge keys there. The, the first key is when the pressure starts increasing, we need his peace and then we need to rest in him, right? So as the pressures and and right stuff, these the foxes start to surface, mm-hmm. right? How do we deal with them? I'll tell you how. We f- we abide in him, we stay unified in his peace, and then we fall back into him and rest in it, in him, right? And then allowing, essentially, what that tells me is that's giving him the permission to to help us deal with these pressures right to to have them essentially become our refiners rather than our combatants yeah right so that's it's talking about embracing that which is refining us right to allow it to happen to allow him to do his good work in and through us that that has to do with trusting him too Jesus was like, trust in God, trust in me, mm-hmm. just trust. And we had an episode just a couple of weeks back called Refiner. Mm-hmm. Right? And we're all like, ooh, <laughs> do, is that really, do we really trust him enough to say yes? Um, I think the reality, at least for me in my life, is who else is there to trust nowadays? Yeah, Really? I, the only thing that's trustworthy to me at this stage is Jesus. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, finding rest in it and finding peace in it is not always an easy... I mean, that's not always easy to do. Um, but he leads you into peace. You don't have to, like, find it yourself. He leads you beside still waters. He's your shepherd. You don't have to be your own shepherd. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Huh? Yeah, you don't have to figure out, how am I going to get my peace? How am I going to get peace? Like, just trust him. Mm-hmm. Just submit and trust. And, you know, a lot of times, too, when we say just submit and trust, you think somebody might be sitting out there, so how do I do that? Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times it's, God, I need help doing that. Yeah. You know, I need your help to be able to submit and to trust you. And so, I mean, he'll do, he'll do that for you even. He'll help you to walk in that. But there's got to be something in you that, that kind of turns and faces him and says, this is what I want and this is what I need. I'm not there. And is willing to admit that they're not there. Intentionality. Yeah. That's really what it is. Yeah. It, it's getting intentional about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Like, even when you don't know that you, you feel it or you, you're not sure – just intentionally turn to him yeah. and ask. I think that's right. 
And I think this also helps us to perceive, to understand the nature of tribulation, the nature of, of you know, you just said earlier, what, who can I trust, what can I trust? I think also this helps us to be able to discern who and what you can trust and not. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus, you know, when he was here, when he walked around in the flesh, he, he it said that. He, he said he trusted no man, basically. Um, because he knew what was in man. But that didn't mean he didn't entrust himself in some capacity or other to people, because he did. And, and, but I think there was this discernment and understanding of where you could entrust yourself to or not, or what you can trust yourself with or not. And I think it goes right back to what you said. Again, we make a full circle is, yeah, we can definitely trust Jesus. Um, I remember when I was dating Sheila, we were talking about, because I, I had a big trust issue with, you know, I'd been through some situations that had failed, and and so I, my, my trust, trust level was very low when it came to a relationship. And she looked at me one day and says, well, you can trust the Jesus in me. Hmm. Learn to trust the Jesus in me. And it was really good. It was eye-opening. It was, you know, and so that was what I would refocus in many times whenever I have this battle of trust and so forth is, is to, to trust the Jesus in her. And, and I think sometimes we have to realize that, that it comes back to, once again, our trust has to be in him, even if we have to ask him, God, I need help. Help my unbelief. Help my trust level. Help my love level. All those kinds of things. Pour those through me. Work those things out of me. Let's bless the listeners. Mm-hmm. Father, I bless the listeners in Jesus' name with a spirit of unity with the, and with the spirit of trust in you and your goodness despite the circumstances. Lord, in Jesus' name, I bless those that are listening today that you and your almighty beauty and glory would shine in brilliance to expose the foxes, Lord, that are around or in our lives and to get rid of them, Lord, and to bring in their place this beautiful exchange of your loving grace, of your perception, of your discernment that we might truly grow up Um in you and be mature lord i bless the listeners with hearts full of thanksgiving and gratitude for your grace for your fathership to us for your love that we are your beloved and you are the lovers the lover of our souls thank you for pouring out everything for us. Mm. Amen. Amen.